0: Hello and welcome to the Bond Revisited Podcast with me Tom and me Joe. You are listening to episode 0, episode 00 if you will, where we'll be explaining what the podcast is about, our history with the Bond franchise and giving some of our favourite and least favourite Bond films ahead of this rewatch. If you wish to get straight into the films themselves, feel free to go to the next episode, episode 1, where we'll be discussing the first film in the series, Doctor No. So Joe, what is this podcast all about? That's a great question, Tom. Well, I think
1: we're both big Bond fans. I think that's fair to say, right? Yes. But I call myself a big Bond fan. I actually haven't seen a lot of the Bond films in many, many years. And you kind of came to me with this idea of, hey, let's re-watch all the Bond films from the start and maybe give them a bit of a ranking. And people have asked me quite a lot of times, actually, about how would I rank the Bond films. And I honestly don't really have a very good answer for it. It's something that I've always wanted to do.
0: But as I say, it's I haven't seen... It's such a impossible task to do off the top of your head, right? You can't just... Like with other film franchises that are a lot smaller and didn't go on for as long, you can sit down and say, I have a rough idea of where that ranks. And I guess like Harry Potter, let's say. I'm sure most people remember those films. They came out in quite a short time. You could rank them. But mm-hmm. when it comes to Bond, there's such a variety there that it's just so difficult and i think the only way we would ever do this is by doing what we're doing here which is well re-watching them
1: yeah i I mean it's easy to rank maybe one bond actors films you could rank the daniel craig films you Hmm. could rank the pierce brosnan films but then yeah, considering there are 25 films it's quite a hefty challenge um and also one thing that i've noticed is that and i'm sure you've noticed too is your tastes change over time, so I'm pretty sure films that I would have liked many years ago, I'm now maybe not going to be as keen on. But equally, films I thought were a bit cheesy, I'm all about the cheese now. So, give me some more Roger Moore.
0: I think you've always been in that boat. I don't think that's changed with age, Joe. <laughs> I think you came out of the womb.
1: <laughs> I, I may or may not have a Roger, Roger Moore. I may or may not have a Roger Moore pillow. So, might I add though, not a body pillow. Just, okay. a, just a throw pillow okay just don't get any ideas
0: no no well no one was thinking body pillow until you said it but oh <laughs> may have overcompensated for
1: something there anyway um so yeah we're just going to watch the films give our thoughts and then eventually start to rank them after we get a, a good few of them
0: Yes. So, so I'm in the same position as you as well. It, it's, it's an interesting one because I think there's a lot of people out there that would say they're Bond fans. I mean, the fact that like the most recent Daniel Craig films did very well. I think Skyfall hit a billion in the global box office. So yeah. obviously there, it's a massive franchise. But it's an interesting one where you can say, I'm a big Bond fan, but just not know the films due to not kind of re-watching them. And I think it's fair to say you like me have the box set like i have the lovely little bond box set with all with the it's well the one i have is black and it's got the white circles going across
1: oh i don't have that i
0: i've got a blu-ray one
1: but i don't think it's as nice as that
0: so i got my blu-ray one when spectre was i think out in cinemas but not released on dvd because it has everything up to skyfall and then it doesn't have spectre but it has a disc space to put spectre (laughs) when it was out
1: that's some forward planning
0: there i like that so i did that i bought the box set and then when spectre came out i didn't actually buy it straight away but i did buy it eventually and then put the disc in there but now i just have an empty spectre case that i don't really know what to do with
1: wait you made a big mistake already why did you bother buying spectre
0: well, I <laughs> let's not go there, Joe. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's, there's this, it's one thing at a time. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's the, the interesting thing that uh, I think you were hinting at, that even though we're Bond fans and we, we've seen them once upon a time, our opinions are most likely going to change with this rewatch. Absolutely. The last time I rewatched a load of Bond films was, I think, when it must have been leading up to Spectre, because there's two times I can think of that I went back and rewatched a, a ton of the old Bond films. The first was for 07 Legends. <laughs> yeah. Which, okay. Which was out in 2012. And in case people don't know, the whole gimmick of that game was what if Daniel Craig starred in some of James Bond's like classic uh films? So what if Daniel Craig was in Moonraker. You might have ever asked yourself at some point if you're a I crazy did. person. You did. I And you I were up all it. Night. <laughs> I did. You yeah. Like, what if you love Moonraker, but you hate Roger Moore? Well, we've got 007 Legends for you. Um, but as part of that film or part of that game, basically, there was five films that they did. Uh, and it was all eventually leading to a tie into Skyfall. But it meant that I was like, I'm quite curious to see how those films are and how they kind of hold up relative to the game. So I rewatched those ones, which oh, what was it? It was Goldfinger, Moonraker, Die Another Day, License to Kill, and Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Mm, um, that's right, yeah. That was 2012. So that was ten years ago.
1: <laughs> it's kind of shameful, isn't it, really, when you think about it. I mean, the same for me as well, especially we'll get onto later some of our sort of initial rankings before even starting this project. But mm. as I was thinking of some, I just thought I have absolutely no memory of this film.
0: I, I had the exact same. So, yeah, we did some we've done some rankings that we'll get into later. But I, I have the same thing. Some of those Roger Moore ones in particular, I, I know I've seen, mm. uh, but I would have seen them when I was about like eight, nine or ten or something like that. ITV2. Yeah, exactly. I was actually thinking about this before the podcast, right? Like, I feel like a big reason that people of kind of our age got into James Bond is because when I was growing up, I didn't have like Sky or anything like that, which meant I had like five channels. And on like a Sunday, there was always a James Bond film on ITV, like guaranteed. Yeah. And they would usually go
1: sequentially as well. So you would end up being able to watch all of them, but perhaps if you, you know, if you were there every week.
0: Yeah, exactly. They, they were very big into doing I think they still do a version of that, but it's just with streaming and stuff, it's just not as popular as it was. Yeah, and, and Hot Fuzz has to be in between as well. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, but also, because back then it was five channels, and one of those was Channel 5, which you're never going to watch, um, it, it meant that you kind of just watched what was on, and no internet and stuff like that. I don't want to make it sound like I i'm oliver twist or something (laughs) but that's really what it was right i had a game boy playing pokemon but there was no internet and stuff so it was just like my dad would be watching these films and they were always on so i knew what james bond was and i got into it because that's just kind of what you did it was on it was such a famous franchise that was always on tv there was no way you weren't at least going to watch a few of them and, and pick up the the main films at least Tom is actually 56 years old, just got such a youthful voice, honestly. Exactly, I remember the Sean Connerys. <laughs> I can't even do a good old man voice.
1: <laughs> I, I think I'm the same. I I think ahead of this podcast, I was trying to think about sort of my earliest memories of Bond and how I got into it when I was younger. The body pillows. <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> I was way ahead of the crowd of body pillows. <laughs> there I was, five years old, this is what I want. No, um... And I actually had some trouble trying to think of like and and pinpoint what it was. And I think it must have been just just what you were saying. It must have just been not even necessarily going out and finding it, but it just being on in the background. Um, Because I don't have any memories of seeing Bond in the cinema until probably Casino Royale. Interesting. Yeah. Um, But funnily enough, I do have memories of... So <laughs> um, in year four at school, so I would have been eight years old.
0: Yeah, eight uh, or nine. I,
1: I remember so. one of the projects was to give a presentation to the class about a subject which you are interested in. And I sp- have vivid memories of being in a library, making my little Word document with pictures and text and scrolling through Wikipedia and all that sort of stuff uh, to make lists of the Bond actors the bond henchmen the bond villains and the bond girls wow, and then okay. giving a presentation to the class um at school and i just think back to that and i think first of all well done me because i remember being very thorough with that i must have got a, a good a good mark for that project at least i hope so but also the thought of an eight-year-old talking about pussy galore <laughs> really <laughs> Really makes me laugh, and I do wonder what the teacher thought.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like, and we might end up getting into this as we go into the films. But obviously, the context of Bond and a lot of the things that are iconic. That's obviously changed as society has changed as things mm. like that. But I do feel like I kind of agree. Maybe the teacher—I would guess the teacher didn't think nothing of it because it was like, yeah, Pussy Galore, that famous character that everybody yeah. knows. Yeah, yeah, odd job, the 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 small <laughs> go- knickknack. Sure, why not? <laughs> Uh, which is so not not great uh, nowadays Um, but i would have been very interesting to see that presentation it's it's a shame you don't still have it i wish i still i mean i would have All i I pretty pretty much did
1: was just copy and paste wikipedia lines but you know the passion was there clearly from a young age
0: yeah i mean it was that you are that age where just like going online and seeing pictures of like classic villains and bonds is kind of calling cool itself right like to you that was really like the coolest thing to see it all in one place oh yeah 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 i mean you've got
1: jaws you i mean like is it yeah it's no no wonder why those films would have caught my attention i mean even if they were you know at that point 20 30 years old the action still holds up and the characters still hold up for lots of them so
0: yeah i'm not surprised I think yeah, I think you're right. Actually, it's I, it's not something I thought about before. But somebody who's younger, to be honest, James Bond and especially like the Roger Moore era does have a ton of appeal just on a, I guess, a more basic, fundamental level. Like that's a cool thing. You know, the James Bond looks cool. He does cool yeah. stunts. He has these intimidating villains and stuff. Like you can break it down to that point where a kid would watch and be like, he's a pretty cool guy. I like him.
1: Yeah, maybe not necessarily understand what's going on but at very face value oh that was a really cool stunt oh that's a that's a mean looking henchman like yeah it's it gets down to that sort of level i guess at the beginning anyway
0: so i think you're saying how you're not too sure the kind of moment and i can't remember the specific moment because i was quite young but i'm pretty confident what got me into james bond is the N 64 classic golden eye oh of course yeah so I grew up with Nintendo systems. Uh, In 1998, we went and got a uh, N64 bundle. It's quite funny, actually, because we went to Curry's, and I wanted the Mario bundle because it's a little Mario. And even at that age, I was like, Mario, yeah. Uh, But they sold out because it was quite popular at the time. But they had a GoldenEye bundle. So we came home with an N64, but on the box, it was just all like the GoldenEye uh, artwork on the front of it. Mm -hmm. So we actually weirdly enough didn't get a box copy of GoldenEye with it we just got the cartridge because the whole idea was that it was a built-in game like it was kind of tiered towards that game being a bundle mm-hmm. um so because i was big into nintendo big into the N- n64 even though i didn't really i don't remember being that fussed about GoldenEye, and i know i wanted mario 64 because i i liked mario But the fact that we got this game and my dad was into the game playing it, which meant I was watching him, meant I started playing it. And then because it's such a great game, or at least at the time it was, it got me very much into it. And then when you turn around and say, you know, that game that you really like, well, here's the film version of it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And they're still making these things as well. So it's kind of like, you know, because I think it's fair to say that both of our growing up James Bond, it was Piers Brosnan. Like we grew up right in that era. Mm hmm. Uh, and was kind of I guess were teenagers as it transitioned into the Daniel Craig era, yeah, uh, but for me when as younger, there was like no one cooler than Piers Brosnan, and it like in some ways burnt into my brain. Piers Brosnan is in that video game, he's all the he, in all the films that I watched growing up, he was just such a core part of a, of James Bond for me,
1: you know that's not I had not even considered the 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 gaming element of that as well, because yeah, I mean, I did. Probably not to the same extent of like going and buying that bundle. I never had that. I obviously did play N 64 probably a friend's um, going around their house. But uh, yeah, you're totally right. Like GoldenEye was huge. It was massive. Yeah. Um, And but I'm a bit I'm a bit sad for you because if you never got the box with it, did that mean you never got the, the stretched the stretched mouth Pierce Brosnan?
0: Box. Well no, that's the thing. That was on the on the console oh, box. You got an even bigger version of it. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got it blew up. I could see it all there. <laughs> oh nice. Although I never saw that as a kid. No, I didn't either. No. I that never clicked until like Twitter or whatever said, What's up with this stretched face? They ruined it for me, frankly. Yeah. So in case people don't know, on the Goldeneye cover for N64 it's jane it's uh pierce broston's head and he's holding a gun but he has his mouth on the other or his hand on the other side of his mouth with the gun in between and due to the way it's kind of the angle of it i guess it kind of looks like his hand is an extension of his mouth so like his mouth <laughs> is extending beyond his face yeah looks a bit like a
1: joker or something creepy like that but um the game's still good just ignore the box art
0: yeah but i never saw that as a kid but it's a happy ending, because I now, right next to me, I'm going to pick it up. I have a box copy of GoldenEye 007. Oh. oh, that is stretch, isn't it? But but yeah, so I have bought one, so childhood dreams fulfilled. Uh, well, that that is interesting, though,
1: because I do wonder, like, sort of a butterfly effect moment there. Like, what if that Mario bundle had been in stock? How different would your life have been? Well, probably
0: not, because something I didn't add... <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh something I didn't add is that actually the bundle came with different games with it. And okay. simply which one you got was which game was kind of bundled into the actual box of the console.
1: Oh so you still got the Mario?
0: Yeah, so I yeah, so the one we got it was Goldeneye that was boxed in and then super Mario 64 banjo kazooie and world cup 98 but ah. if we had got the super Mario 64 one it just meant we would have got a box copy of goldeneye instead of you know uh, a box copy of super Mario 64 right gotcha gotcha yeah mm. so even so like I-, I was super kind of into the games but that did detach a little bit although i would say that i played a ton of nightfire as well which kind of helped extend i guess the fandom um, like after school, I would go and play Nightfire a lot at friends' houses, and like sleepovers and things like that. That was one of the main game for us. It was between that and Time Splitters, which we won't go into that debate right now. But even so, even when the you know of Another Day wasn't that great and wasn't doing too well, and it was a hiatus, I was still very much playing those games, which kind of somewhat kept my interest in Bond alive.
1: Well, exactly. We sort of grew up in that the golden age of Bond games between sort of 2002, 2005, six, maybe, I can't remember exactly, but, you know, Nightfire, Everything or Nothing, um, uh, The uh Much of Love, uh, Agent Under Fire. Yeah, like there was just tons of them. So yeah. you're right, even without the films, you still had plenty of Bond to absorb.
0: Yeah. But even so, I think when Daniel Craig came back, for me, that was also a huge moment in terms of, it felt like growing up with Bond in a weird way because it went away for a bit and, you know, four years or so, I think was the difference. Uh, and I was kind of more of a teenager, so I was actually more ready for that gritted, grounded Bond. And I feel like the fact that Daniel Craig came back as he did, and they did that interpretation, which was more grounded, was kind of what I was looking for and kind of made sense for me as a teenager. Because if they came back and it was rubbish, then James Bond might have just been that thing I liked as a kid, right? But because it kind of grew up in a nice way, and they took that approach, I feel like that helped me officially as an adult be like, okay, I like Bond, and I'm going to keep watching Bond, and I really enjoy the franchise. That's a very good point. I've not I've not really thought about that before about
1: yeah if if the craig era had not been like the craig era would I have stuck by it interesting that's a, that's a very interesting sort of
0: alternate universe thing to think about yeah yeah again I don't know if it would have been a case of completely kind of putting it aside like I love the mission impossible franchise as well uh, I so I do just like these type of films um but again the Roger Moore films compared to say the Daniel Craig films there's a massive gap in terms of style and it does kind of make me think about if they went into a different style or the films weren't very good uh how things kind of would have panned out but I think overall we'll get into the Daniel Craig films in like a very long time <laughs> when you're 56 um, yeah when I'm 56 when I'm actually 56 <laughs> um I do feel the direction they picked was a, was a good one overall and actually has kind of defined this generation of Bond fans. Cuz when we're talking about Bond fans it's generational. So we're part of one generation, but there's going to be a gen- there's a generation after us, Gen Z or whatever you want to call them, and mm. there was a generation before us, and then there was probably a generation before that, someone in their 40s who watched Dr. No when it first came out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a
1: Oh, that's going to be us soon. <laughs> we're going to be the 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 generation two two back, like we're going to be. Yes, like, oh, it's, it's not far I re- away. I remember seeing Casino Royale back in the cinema. Shush granddad. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet time, granddad.
0: We're watching. One.
1: <laughs> we're watching. Actually, even Tom Holland would uh, be too old by that point. Anyway, but I, yeah, I mean that's the thing with the Bond franchise, isn't it? They, they've constantly evolved, and that's the reason why it's still going after
0: sixty years. Yeah, exactly. And it's the reason why we're probably talking about it today. Exactly. So did we want to get into the rankings? Let's do it, because I found this very difficult, actually. So yeah, so just to fully explain it, basically this podcast, we are going to be ranking them as we get to each film uh, and doing it one by one. But we thought it'd be a fun little fall experiment if we try to rank them now. So we didn't want to do the full list because we didn't want to literally list the full list of james bond films twice Mm. um and also as joe said before we don't remember some of these films we know we've seen them all but it was kind of pointless to rank some of these because it's just a case of like i just don't i don't know i think it's good i think it's bad who's to say Uh, so instead we've done our top five james bond films before doing the rewatch and we've done our bottom five james bond films before the rewatch and also we have not told each other these lists before this (laughs) So this is nope. going to be quite revealing for both of us.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm very interested to hear what you think.
0: So what should we start with? Favourites or least favourites? Let's go least favourites first. Let's get them out of the way. Oh, cynical. I like it. Yeah. Well, you
1: know me. Um, I do. <laughs> so are we saying... <laughs> so top five, are we saying one being the worst, five
0: being fifth to the worst, right? Is that how you've done it? I guess so. I was just thinking of in terms of 25th, 24th, but I guess that makes a little bit more sense. So one, yeah, one would be the worst.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. That's
0: how I've done mine. (laughs) Okay.
1: Do you want me to start? Yeah. Go on then. Okay. Right. So as I said, I actually found this very difficult and and to be honest, I'm not a hundred percent confident in what I've wrote down here. Um, but let's just see how it goes. So number five, I'm actually quite ashamed that there's this this many Roger Moore films on here. Uh, Number five is For Your Eyes Only. Okay. Um, Mainly mainly because I have no memory of this film. Very little memory of this film. I have an inkling that it might be good, but I just
0: cannot say. So that's just to kind of jump in. I think I actually rewatched For Your Eyes Only a few years ago because I heard it was one of the better Roger Moore films. Mm. I won't say what I thought of it because we'll get there. But I had heard that for your your eyes only, this is going to be a fun podcast when I get to that film. (laughs) I can't even say the name (laughs) of it. Uh, But I believe the general consensus is that's one of the better Roger Moore films. I think so too, especially coming after Moonraker. But I put it
1: here because I just, I looked... I should kind of also point out the way I looked at this list and, and trying to decide these is I, I simply looked down the list of 25 Bond films and I thought, what would I be in the mood to watch now? What would I, what would I go out of my way to watch? What would I not want to watch? That's sort of okay. how I was viewing it in my head. So Fiora's Only would be quite far down the list. 20th, I guess, if we're doing the maths. Um, 21st? Twenty. How many Bond films are there? It's twenty-five. Right, this is my this is my fifth. This is my this is my fifth. Yep. Okay. Right, number four <laughs> he is. Uh, I don't really want to say this, but I'm going to say it. It's "Live and Let Die."
0: Interesting. It's "Live and Let
1: Die." Um, and the reason I go for this is because again, it pains me to put two Roger Moore films on here. He I is can hear favorite. it in your voice. I can he- hear the, the sorrow. <laughs> <laughs> he is my favorite Bond, but. Living at Die, it was his first Bond film, and in my mind, and again in my memory, I haven't seen it for a long time. It's he's he's obviously finding his feet. They they made an effort to kind of be different to the previous Bond, Sean Connery. So there's lots of Bond elements to me that are missing. Like there's no Q, for example, Um, Hmm. and they they just change everything. You know, like he drinks bourbon instead of vodka martinis. He drinks cigars instead of cigarettes and it's not a massive deal but it's just it, it makes it not feel Bond enough to me in a sense um and and also just it has a really silly ending with the villain and how the villain dies and that really every time I watch it I just think that's really
0: bad silliness in a Roger Moore film I don't <laughs> that doesn't sound right to me
1: I suppose silliness is the wrong word I think I think just just low budget low budget maybe is a better way to say it Oh, okay. um, number three is Doctor No um, wow that's yeah. wow okay yeah I I have no no motivation to watch Doctor No apart from us making this podcast <laughs> that's that's so interesting um, all I remember of it is that it's obviously the first film it was a, a very small budget in comparison to the other Bond films which kind of shows um, and it's just, again, it's kind of like what I just said about Roger Moore, but just about the series in general. It's finding its feet. It's not, it's a little bit clunky. It's just not quite there yet. So, yeah. Doctor No, number three.
0: Um, number two is Thunderball. Okay. Wow. This is, our lists are very, I'm very excited because my okay. our lists are very different.
1: Oh, good. Okay. That's that, That's more interesting. I'm glad they're different. uh, Thunderball number two. I have memory of not liking the villain. I especially have memory of not liking long, drawn-out underwater sequences, Um, and generally just not very memorable to me. Uh, I'll leave it there before I Hmm. offend you too much.
0: No, (laughs) no, it's fine. It's 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 super interesting to hear. But we'll get to it. We'll we'll find out who's right. Oh yeah, we'll get
1: to it. And the. Top one, which I'm sure you can probably guess by now, Mm -hmm. uh, is Spectre. Spectre, I think, is my worst Bond film. Um, I think it's boring. I think it has bad action sequences. I think it's a waste of talent in Christoph Waltz. I think it's a bad interpretation of Blofeld character wise. I don't like the song. I don't like them retconning Quantum as an organization. I don't like the ending. I don't like pretty much everything about it so spectre is is up there as number one i mean one.
0: those are good reasons to put it <laughs> favorite. i enjoyed
1: writing that bit about spectre i'm gonna be honest <laughs> yeah
0: that's gonna be probably the most interesting podcast we do i think that one do you think so i think so i think that's mm. gonna be maybe fun's not the right words but i'm excited to get there and okay. hash this out so do, do you want to know something interesting yeah sure uh my bottom five None of those are the same as yours. Not even one? Not even one. Wow. They're all different. Okay. I was not expecting that. Neither was I, but you're dropping Dr. No is one of the worst. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know (laughs) if I want to do this podcast anymore. Like, what? (laughs) What are we doing?
1: This is episode zero and the last
0: episode. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. (laughs) Goodbye. Uh, Okay. So number five, as in my least worst, but 21st overall, I put Quantum of Solace. Um, I I find that film extremely disappointing to the point where I have a hard time kind of getting through it because all the ideas are there and I like Daniel Craig Bond, but as a sequel to Casino Royale, it's just hugely disappointing. And it's just like, you know, they had the writer strike and it's just very rushed and feels unfinished to the point where it's just too distracting for me. Um, mm-hmm. So good ideas, but... Yeah, doesn't doesn't come together for me, and it it brings it all down.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a common. I, I, yeah, Quantum of Solace is always low in in the Craig, especially when looking at just the Craig film. So I'm I'm not surprised.
0: Yeah. So uh, number four is A Few to a Kill. So I don't remember this one super well, but I definitely remember Roger Moore just being super old, <laughs> and just being really uncomfortable and not okay. Uh, <laughs> so I like Christopher Walken, but I just. The memories I have of this film, which aren't strong, to be honest, I think I could be very much changed on this. But it's that it's just an awkward film that just probably shouldn't have been made at all. <laughs> um, he was old, bless him. He was. <laughs> it's just no, just poor Roger. Just let him, let him rest. <laughs> so number three, and this is the one I don't remember the, or I barely remember. That Octopussy. Okay. So oh. the song's bad. Yeah. Uh, I think this is the one with the shark which I don't like although I might have that wrong. The shark. Yeah, the shark pit
1: one. Um what the baddie having a shark pit?
0: Yeah, the the baddie having a a thing where they drop people into the pool with a shark and the sharks eat them. Oh. Now you said that. Now I can think of a couple. Oh no, that was piranhas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know License to uh,
0: license yeah, to Kill, license to kill had the had that scene, um, but I'm pretty sure there was a Roger Moore film that had a shark in it, and I'm pretty sure it was Octopussy. Okay. Oh, interesting. We're going to find out. This might be completely wrong, but even if it's not, it means I literally remember nothing about this film. Mm, good point. And I've only heard the theme song recently because uh, as part of the 60th anniversary, I got... We went to that concert at the Royal Albert Hall, which was great. And it got me into the Bond themes. So I I listened to them again. I was like, this is so forgettable. So you didn't have an all-time high listening to it? Sadly, not. No. Not quite all-time low, though. (laughs) That goes towards my next two films. Okay. Uh, So number two is Die Another Day. Uh, I don't think I have to give too many details on that. I don't, like, hate, hate the film. And I think it's going to rise as we watch them but it is just kind of like it's just bad like the villain is just bad and he, all the good ideas are just completely diluted by just so many just stuff that does not work and it's another one where Pierce Brosnan is actually probably a bit too old for that film from what I remember he's not even that old but for how his bond was and how action focused his bond was I feel like it just didn't work for this film and Hattie Berry's not great either that you know it's I don't have to explain myself too much, it's Die Another Day. It's famously considered the worst, and I do agree that it's it is a bad film.
1: All you had to say was tsunami sequence. Everyone yeah. would have been
0: like, yep, yeah, okay, that's fair. Yeah. Did you know he didn't he wasn't really in front of it? What? I know, right? <laughs> um, and then lastly, in the same way that I knew what your film was going to be that was last oh, no. you know what mine what is and that's oh, no. diamonds are forever just <sighs> absolutely awful uh no <laughs> redeeming features it's basically the end of the specter uh, storyline and following on a majesty secret service this is just an awful end there's a running theme with these sean connery was too old <laughs> yep oh, <laughs> i don't yep. like my bond to be old is what i'm learning with this list uh so he was too old to do it he came back It was on a Magic Sea of Service, Was is a really great film, and to follow up with this and to then have this be the end of it and the payoff to this long ongoing thing is just awful. And then just things like the henchmen are just awkward, and then Bunny and Thumper, Bambi and Thumper, sorry, those are just terrible (laughs) as well. And it's just, oh, it's just. It's another awkward one with him being too old and just all the ideas just kind of being bad. And it might not be my last one if it wasn't for the fact that it was the end of the Spectre storyline and completely flushed it all down the toilet. Uh, so I, I hate that film. So it's it's my least favorite. But but Tom was it the end of the Spectre
1: storyline when oh. we had for your eyes only with the with the <laughs> the the bald man that was never shown to camera being dropped down the chimney yeah the, the good point joe he, <laughs> he pleaded it for his life for a, a stainless steel delicatessen
0: <laughs> <Ugh>.
1: <laughs> but no i mean all the reasons you were just saying for um uh diamonds are forever it was just making me like it more and more i can't wait to watch that again i really can't i, I guess
0: yeah i guess if you enjoy it as the car crasher there is i guess Schlock. that way yeah it's <laughs> so hacky and awful that i guess you can just enjoy the ride <laughs> Yeah, just just in. buckle in and enjoy it. That's exactly it. Yeah. So, so that's my bottom five. Again, I can't believe that we have completely different bottom fives. I do not think that's going to be the case for the top five. No, no. I, and I also, I, I think, would imagine like three of the films are at least going to match. I'd imagine so.
1: And I think it's quite interesting. Like you're saying, you're sure some of these are going to move around. I totally agree. Like I say, I'm not 100% confident in this. And I'm what I'm unsure about is. There's this whole bunch now in the middle that I just are just so wishy-washy, to me, that you know we're not going to mention in in this podcast, but they are probably going to move. Some of them might move up, but I'm sure mo- a lot of them will move down, and these might then take their place. So, yeah, I, I think I'll be. Uh, this is going to be really interesting to see how this this goes.
0: Yeah, I, I 100%. I think mine are going to, especially without name-specific films, the Roger Moore and Pierce Brosnan eras, I think are the ones that might jump all over the place uh, after this rewatch. Yeah, I mean,
1: no, I'll just say now, in this top five and bottom five, there are, for me, there are no Pierce Brosnan because it is so firmly average, like so firmly in the middle. Mm. So I'm I'm pretty sure that's going to change. But anyway, um, should we get onto the top ones? Yes, let's do okay. it. Okay, so as you say, I think we're going to have some overlaps here. But um, top five, Starting from number five is From Russia With Love. Good choice, solid choice. My only Sean Connery film in the top five. Something I've realised with this is I'm not, clearly I'm not a massive Sean Connery fan because I I, str- I was very close to not even putting this one in. Um, but I figured I have to have a bit of Connery in there. Um, what well, I mean, From Russia With Love... Probably, to me, maybe his best. Well, yeah, I've just, just said it is his best for me. Um, Red Grant, great sort of henchman slash villain. Um, I think it it's before Goldfinger. It didn't have that sort of <clears throat> showiness, and gaudiness that Goldfinger eventually had. Mm. It's a, b- a little bit more subtle. It's a little bit more real. Oh, I hate to say realistic, but you know what I mean. Bit more um, grounded, yeah. it's, a bit more grounded, yeah. A bit more grounded. of a spy
0: film, right?
1: It sort of had that sweet spot between dr no and goldfinger where it had more budget to do more interesting things but didn't get quite to the heights of goldfinger um so yeah that was um, number five number four is moonraker wow so i used to not like moonraker until not too long ago when i rewatched it and it's sort of one of those things where it's it's not so bad it's good but it, it is bad but it it's got enough good in it for me to sort of forget about all the cheesy parts. Um, it, it's just fun to me. It's such a fun Bond film, and that's kind of especially after something like No Time to Die. <laughs> you, I, I want to watch something where I come out of it and I just I just enjoyed the ride. Um, so Moonraker, I think had a great villain. I think it had great locations. It had it had Jaws. It had Jaws' girlfriend. Jules' girlfriend, Dolly, love her. Um, she needs a spin-off. And um, a, just, yeah, great stunts. Pre-tart sequence, probably one of the best, I would say. So Moonraker is number four. But then if Moonraker was four, then I had to put three as The Spy Who Loved Me because it The Spy Who Loved Me is sort of, it, they go hand in hand to me, the two films. Um, Moonraker just goes a bit bigger and a bit more crazy. So The Spy Who Loved Me is just a little bit dialed back. It's still fun. It's still I'd say it's peak Roger Moore. It's like Roger Moore at his best. Uh, again it has jaws obviously. Um it has silly moments but it's not it's not kind of ludicrous with it. It's just a classic.
0: Yeah. Um, I think some people would say The Spy Who Loved Me in some ways is like the ultimate kind of Bond film. Like for some people, not that doesn't necessarily mean it's the best one, but in terms of summing up the franchise and stuff, like I can't really think of a, a better one apart from maybe like Goldfinger. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and I used to always say that this was my favourite Bond film, but it only took until now to actually look at them and think about it to realise that it was only actually number three. So um, that means number two is Skyfall. Okay. I think Skyfall... There probably is some element of of um, uh, kind of time bias with this being just newer. I say new, it's 10 years old, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, kind of fresher in people's minds and in the zeitgeist. But um, I think Skyfall was just, you know, brilliant film. I think it had a great, not only did it did it have a great sort of villain and, and characterization of Bond, but it also was a great arc for M. Um, and Judy Dench, I think it was a really really nice sort of, yeah, end to her time in that role. Um, and obviously Javier Bardem, great villain, uh, which leaves number one, as I'm sure you can probably guess what it is. Diamonds Are Forever. No. Uh- <laughs> oh, no. 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 no it, it's, it's Casino Royale. It's Casino yeah. Royale. Casino Royale is the film that I will constantly go back to. I will happily rewatch that any time. It's one of those films where even if it's just say I just saw it on the TV, I would probably stop and just start watching it um, and, and find myself watching the whole thing. It's it's a long film, but it never feels long. It's just perfectly paced. Great music, great action. It's it's seeing Bond as this fresh double 00 agent, which we'd not really seen before. Um, Le Chiffre's a great villain. And kind of like what I was saying earlier, I have great memories of seeing this film in the cinema. Like my... Really, my earliest memories of seeing Bond in the cinema in 2006. Um, I just have terrible memory, but also, yeah, I just it's just it's just kind of like very, um, very comforting to me as as a film. I would say, excellent. Yeah,
0: that's quite a variety to your list. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed doing that actually. Well, you're going to do it quite a lot over oh, the yeah. next few uh, months. How about yours? So it's actually a little bit more different than I thought. Although I shouldn't really be that surprised. Uh So my number five is on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Okay. Uh, yeah. I really like George Lazenby as James Bond, well, at least I remember liking George Lazenby as James Bond. Uh, I think the the story with him getting married is really effective and really great, which is part of the reason why Darwin's Are Forever is so low. I I can't spend my time talking about that film again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just i just think it's a really solid bond film all around the music's great the, the bond girl is solid bond himself as george Ainsbury is solid the stunts are great like it i just think it's great um so i was torn between this and from russia with love so i eventually went with this but as we go with the rewatch we'll see but again i just think this film's just really solid across the board mm. um, and it's kind of with it being a unique bond it kind of is quite unique and stands on its own as well I think definitely
1: it's one of those films that has considerably grown in popularity over time as well. I think if you now look up this film, so many people would put this in their yeah in their top five at least. Some people would put it as their favorite Bond film.
0: Yeah, I think so. yeah, I I've definitely seen that. It used to be more forgotten, but now with the internet and easy to see that stuff, it's become more interesting. As people have gone back to revisit it, they seem to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So number four, I put Goldfinger. It's, okay. it's quite a an obvious choice i feel but i i like sean connery as as james bond a lot of his films are, would be quite high up for me in this list or probably will end up being quite high up for me and this one it's just i talked about the spy who Loved me being the ultimate bond film but i feel like for me goldfinger fills that same role where it's sean connery as as you know really knowing bond and really doing a great job with the character i like goldfinger as well like in his own weird way. He's such a weird guy. <laughs> uh, and just throughout the film, there's so many kind of iconic moments that it just, it's just so enjoyable. Uh, so again, maybe it's a little bit like hacky and stereotypical to put it this high, but I just think it's, I like Sean Connery a lot and this is the one that I think is his best in. And it's just got so many of those key moments that I just can't help but love it. Uh, so so that's at number four. To be fair, Goldfinger is, is it's the film that
1: pretty much set the template for the Bond film. So I think you're totally fair in saying that it is like, you know, that to some, it is the perfect Bond film. It has everything in it because it was, it was the one that started it all in that sense.
0: Yeah. There's just, so, yeah, there's so much there that, as you say, it's the template is there. Mm. Um, uh, the next is number three and that's golden for me. Mm. Uh, so there is some nostalgia here. Cause I grew up with this film, but I just think it's, it just knocks it out of the park. Like, I love Pierce Brosnan as James Bond, and this is his best performance by far. The The theme is great and fantastic. I love Sean Bean as Alec in the film and kind of the connection they set up there. I always thought it was so cool as a kid how it was like 006 versus 007. Um, and I think that element kind of works really well. And all the action just delivers. Uh, I love the ending bit and the music as well. And Boris is a, a great time as well <laughs> as comic relief. I love the balance they find with him. I am invincible. Exactly. There he is. There he is. Uh, But yeah, there's so many classic lines from this as well that pop into my head that I'm probably biased by nostalgia because I was a kid when I watched it and it is just that iconic Bond film to me when I was younger. Uh, But it's it's always going to be a special film. So for me, that's what puts it at number three. Yeah. So number two, I've gone with Casino Royale. Uh, Oh. For basically all the reasons you said. Uh, There's also some nostalgia here for me because I had the same experience of going to the cinema and just loving the direction that it kind of went in and also the theme as well. Uh, We'll get into these themes. I keep mentioning them, but we'll get to it. But some of these are just so good songs and that's very true for Casino Royale. So the reason why it's not number one is because I think there's more more things I kind of dislike about this film or problems when it comes to rewatching it than I have then the number one film which I won't beat around the bush, you've probably guessed already, that's Skyfall. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I i have switched these throughout the years. Sometimes I put Casino Royale as number one, sometimes I put Skyfall as number one. I just, at the moment, I have Skyfall in that position. And it's mostly because I feel like Casino Royale at the end drags a little bit. And it's mostly setting up a sequel that wasn't very ultimately and it's not that that ending stuff is bad i just think skyfall feels like a more complete film that kind of stands alone and i appreciate that a lot more and you have got elements in that film like the opening sequel sequence is fantastic going into the adele song and just the soundtrack throughout is great and the direction in it it still very much feels like bond but you just get all these like cool sequences that you just wouldn't usually get um I just think Sam Mendes did a fantastic job with that film. So at the moment it stands at number one, but I have flip flopped on that. So Casino Royale and Skyfall might flip during this, but we'll see. Who knows? Maybe Moonraker becomes my number one. That's <laughs> that's what we all want to see, right?
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think there will definitely be some flip flopping, and it, it, it sometimes it just depends on the mood you're on in the you know the, the the day that you might be watching a Bond film. So yeah, unless well unless it comes to Diamonds Are Forever, I suppose.
0: No, yeah, that's not changing. That, You're that nev- can never only in go down. Out. Actually, I think.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. I, if there's one goal that I have with this podcast series, it's to make to move Diamonds Are Forever from from 25th for you
0: <laughs> to 24th. That's as far as it's going. I, I will consider that a win. I will look forward to your video essay. Uh, bambi and thumper not the worst (laughs) james bond henchman 10 hour long long (laughs) video analysis video (laughs) Uh, so that's it that's both of our lists um of course we do expect those to change as we said and this was just kind of fun to go off initially and hopefully that gives people what or listening i should say uh, an idea of where we're coming out with james bond films and our general taste with them as you can tell, I kind of side more on the the Sean Connery side, where uh, Joe was raised a Roger Moore man. I was, yeah, I was beaten unless I, I didn't, you know, if I said something against Roger Moore. Oh. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. <laughs> they got the Queen round to give you a good smack. Oh yeah, oh yeah. As yeah. every British child gets a smack from, got a smack from the Queen back in the day.
1: Yeah, Charles just isn't the same. Just doesn't have the hands for it. <laughs> We've seen his fingers. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um i was gonna say i now feel quite um uh what's the word i'm a little bit worried about putting these these thoughts out there because i just think bond rankings are such a divisive subject online
0: i feel like i'm gonna get attacked well if you get attacked i'm probably gonna get attacked so we'll both get attacked that's 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 what the internet's about isn't it where everyone gets attacked we'll go down together yeah okay Okay, so I think that'll wrap it for episode zero. Uh, We will see you on the next episode where we'll be taking a look at at Dr. No and see if we can change Joe's mind on that or maybe Joe can change my mind on it. Yeah, we'll Uh, see. Any last thoughts before we wrap this up? I just, Joe,
1: doing this first episode and just talking about Bond, I love James Bond. I'm so glad it exists and I'm so glad that... um, it's something that I like. You know, other people have Harry Potter. Other people have Lord of the Rings. Other people have Marvel. I've got Bond.
0: And that pleases me. Yes, you wouldn't have that body pillow if, if you didn't have Bond. <laughs> Stop talking about the body pillow. <laughs> Isn't that going to be the picture for the podcast? The uh, uh, Roger Moore <laughs> body pillow? Isn't that what we're doing? No, it's only for the weekends. Ah, okay. The weekend podcast. <laughs> so... Thank you very much for listening and hopefully we'll join you when the podcast will return. Is that too corny? Is that too corny? No, I like it. Keep it. Okay. The Bond Revisited Podcast will return for Dr. No.